Back to the Step Course Leadership Podcast, where we help emerging leaders develop transformational principles. We're into episode 11, and today, uh, Marcus, we're going to be talking about a very important topic, the ability for a leader to embrace change. First, I want to see how you're doing. How are things going for you, Marcus? Going great, man. Just trying to get acclimated back to this uh, Midwest temperature. Had a nice little trek down to Austin and just trying to sh- shake off the meat sweats. Yeah, it, that, that was a truly uh, life-changing experience with uh, Franklin Barbecue and a great trip down there and a lot of good reflection, and I'm 100% with you. A little sluggish on a Monday with a few extra uh, you know, calories and pounds of, of meat, but it, it was definitely a, a good trip. So, Marcus, I want to kick you first. It, it, you know, as you have navigated change as a leader uh, in your life, both personally and professionally, what do you think some of the hardest things you've had to navigate – internally when you're forced into some change as a leader? Mm, that's a great question. I think I've never, I've always been resistant to the change that has brought up on me. And it's in those moments when I'm wrestling with the fact that change is happening, whether I like it or not, and, and have to start thinking about how am I going to assimilate into that process? And I think that's where we're trying to touch on the emerging leaders now to say, hey, like, regardless of, of what you want to do or where you think you're going, if you look around, change is happening. It's happening now as as the as the moon comes in and the sun comes up. We're just we live in a universe that is just about change and rhythm. And when we get sucked into it outside of our control, it it just starts to become uncomfortable. And and for me, it, it's always been a it's a gradual process i can't say that even as i've gotten older that i'm still really quick to just hop on the surfboard and, and ride the waves man i'm, I'm trying to fight the, those breaks and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how i can get this thing back in my uh and back in my hands and over time i just have got a little better of recognizing when that's happening and then starting to just lay out all the things that are going into the emotions that i'm feeling and then just start to process it bit by bit. Yeah, I can 100% relate. And, uh, you know, as you're, as you're talking, I'm almost thinking there's kind of a spectrum here. We can unpack a little bit of, uh, I think there are types of leaders and especially young emerging leaders. There may be an excitement for change. There, there's a desire for change. Like it, we want change to happen right now. Let's go move forward. And then I don't, don't necessarily, you know, think it means that older experienced leaders, but I think there are other types of leaders that, like change, you know, to have to change or to to usher in change, you can kind of get in this idea of like, oh, we've always done it this way. I've always done it this way. And there's this spectrum that can kind of take place here of, uh, you know, fast change versus like, I don't, I don't really want to change. And, uh, you know, as you, you've experienced leadership and, you know, what would you say to each of those ends of the spectrum, uh, especially a young emerging leader and, and, uh, you know, if they're, they're eager for change and it's not cooperating at a certain pace, what kind of encouragement would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I can really resonate with that end of the spectrum where we're trying to drive change and we want it to happen now because you look around and all you can see is these opportunities for improvement. And you think you have some good ideas in ways that you could change some things that would be for the better for everybody. But what we fail to realize is those systems and those processes 
have been established for a reason. They became so robust and so rigorous for a reason that there really is some positive behind why they exist. And even though we can only see through one perspective as an emerging leader, I would challenge everyone is to say, hey, wait a second and don't view everyone as adversarial, as they're your enemies trying to prevent you from getting to the next the next stage in life, the next thing you're trying to do. Think of them as comrades and think about how these barriers are really there. They're really probably there to support you and help you have a little bit more longevity, help you be a little bit more successful when you're moving forward and just try to pair that up and say, hey, how can this thing I want to do different complement what's existing to like slowly nudge us forward and not just bring in the baseball bat sledgehammer and start just trying to knock down walls and just repurpose this whole thing. So on one end of the spectrum, you know, we're, we're discussing a, a, a young leader, hasty, want to get going, let's change, come on, let's let's get moving. On the other end of the spectrum, you know, the, the leader that is resistant to change, the leader that, uh, you know, there's a comfort level with the way things are, that, that we're as humans just drawn to. It's not a, necessarily a fatal flaw, but there's this idea of like, I, I like the rhythm I've had. It, you know, Dr. Henry Cloud wrote an amazing book called Necessary Endings. And he kind of touched on that, that there's these there's chapters that come to a close most of the time against our will. The, the idea is that events happen, personnel changes, you know, you get let go. There, there's all sorts of experiences that can happen that are going to force and kind of like kicking someone through a door frame. They're going to jam them through, shove them out the door, shove them into a new experience. And and uh, have you experienced anything like that in your own leadership life? And, and what kind of you know, things would you encourage a leader on that end of the spectrum? Yeah, I have. And, and I've, I've called attention right to it. And I've talked to senior leaders that are closer to being done with the journey than they are to, you know, have started it. And I always talk about, you know, you have to sprint to the finish and it requires energy. And I think that's what we all felt to appreciate is like change. It requires energy. You know, it's, it's increasing energy, regardless if you're moving in a direction swiftly or slowly to reroute, to change them. That's just an increase in the energy and the demand on the people. And a lot of leaders, like they don't really want to admit it, but they don't want to go back and have to invest all that energy into that messiness that happens to turn something that they know will ultimately be better for the legacy of whatever they're trying to steward. But they're just like, they're in a a mental place where like, man, they just don't want to do it. They're, They're intimidated by the challenge. And sometimes they just need to be reminded of, hey, don't forget how you got here and all the exertional things you had to do to kind of get this thing to where now you're, you're really appreciative of it. Don't don't rest on your laurels there, man. Like, let's go. Let's turn up the energy. Let's do this thing because there's a bunch of people that are dependent on you to kind of look up and say, yeah, we're going to turn this thing two degrees to the left because it's going to be a considerable impact 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now when I'm way gone and, and forgotten. And sometimes those leaders just need to be nudged and say, hey, like you did a lot of good stuff. You're taking good care of us. But now we need you to, you know, fire back up the band one more time and let's get this thing going. That's a great way to put it. And uh, and I think we would encourage emerging leaders to, to view change in two ways and, and to maybe do some reflection and, and try to sense it. Are you in one of these types of changes? Uh, one is a chosen change. And this is change that a leader is initiating. It may be I, it's time for me to move onto a new place of employment. It's time for me to move into a new chapter of my leadership life. It's it's the control is in the leader's hands. Uh, the other type of change that, that maybe some some listeners are experiencing is unchosen change. This idea that 
there's events and circumstances happening around you that you have no control over and you're thrusted into having to navigate it internally. You know, we talk on this podcast all the time, Marcus, and we place a high value and premium on what's going on internally and, and that this is an inside out journey and inside transformation. I'm reminded of a, a story, you know, in the book, uh, Stay the Course, uh, you know, had a chapter on Tony Dungy uh, and his in between this, this segment of his time ending in Tampa Bay. Um, and, and he was let go as, as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there's a six week window there, you know, where he was thrusted into this unchosen change. And I, I really feel like it, we, we can unpack a lot here. And I want to get your thoughts too, of when you're thrusted into that kind of thing. And, and uh, there, there's a big component here that, that is relevant when it comes to change is that your identity can become under threat when you're an unchosen change, that your identity and the, the things you're proud of, the things you're excited about and, and uh, all of a sudden uh, against your will, against your, uh, your choosing all of a sudden your identity and who you are and what you, you know, you, you have as a skill is, is no longer being valued and in, in here you are, you know, what, what do you think when it comes to identity and, and leadership roles and, and challenges? And, and uh, if someone were listening and, and, and they're in that scenario, what would be some of the things that you would encourage them with and say to them? Yeah, I think we start with the, the foundational question of, do you have the faith that God is leading you to the best environment you will thrive in, even if it isn't the environment you had in mind? I think we you, we have to start there and say, do you fundamentally believe that? And if you do, that doesn't mean it's going to be any easier to relinquish that that can, the reins and the will and the desire to kind of see this thing turn out the way you want it, but at least it'll have you open to the that process. Cause if you don't believe that, then I would, I could fully see why someone would be unwilling to even consider this as a, as a positive outcome. But if you do, it's, it's after you kind of get up off the mat and you know, you, you've withstood the haymaker is to start to say, okay, if I believe that I'm being led in the best environment, what is there now in front of me that I can lean into that'll start to sculpt me and to being the thing that I ultimately need to be. And that you're always going to wrestle with that identity crisis because whatever you've been doing is who you are. And a lot of times we talk about the doing and we associate that with the position or the title, but you know, it's really whatever you're doing is always will be who you are, but it's stripped from the position in the title. So you were still like Tony Dungy was a leader of men, whether he was coaching for the Buccaneers or he's coaching for the Colts, whether he's coaching kids at Sunday school, like he is who he is by what he does, regardless of his position. And I think sometimes when we're not, when we don't feel like we've arrived at that point yet, like we can't look back and see the track record and the resume of life's touched and, you know, change and influence we really doubt ourselves and we think we're not anything if we don't have the confines of this position to be able or this platform to do this or that, but no, that has nothing to do with it. It's us in that position is what matters. That position by itself is nothing. Such a good insight. And you know, I think the cool thing to circle back on Tony Dungy's story and I outline it in the book is, is actually after that period of time, he ends up getting an opportunity with the, the Indianapolis Colts. But as he's sitting around waiting and in this identity crisis we're describing because of this unchosen change, he gets a phone call from Jim Ursay, the owner of the, the Colts. And, and uh, 
And Ursay basically says, hey, you're, you're the only guy we want for this job. And so here you have, in the middle of an identity crisis, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers telling Tony Dungy, we literally will ha- we don't want the position filled. We'd rather have you gone and leave it vacant and figure it out than have you continue to lead this team. And in the middle of this change, you have someone else saying, you're the only guy we want for this job. And you have this, this dynamic here of, of what you're describing, of, of you know, character and skill and, and all of that, that, that changes as circumstances change and opportunities change. And we move on in life and chapters come to a close and chapters open and, and all of these types of change and transitions is really where the rubber hits the road with some of the identity pieces. But I, I would encourage young leaders that you know, your character and your skill transition with you. Yeah, they, they're going with you, regardless of what happens, where you're going next, what change is going to continue to unfold in your life and, 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 you know, your leadership life, your character and your skill are coming with you. You know, who you're becoming is far more important, far more premium than, than where you're going or what's next or what change is unfolding and, and how you're advancing and all that kind of things. It's, it's again, bring it back to this internal character, skill, who am I becoming, this internal change can be at the forefront and, and that can allow us to navigate any kind of change that, that happens outside of our control. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what people have to appreciate is, is change is a complex pro- process. And once you have an appreciation for all the variables that go into that process, it allows you to be more aware of why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And I think a lot of times it's we it's more predictable when we're in control of the change, but when the change is sprung upon us, it can be it can catch us off guard and it becomes less predictable of why we're feeling certain emotions. Like why are we feeling stuck? Why are we feeling confused? Why are we feeling frustrated? Why are we feeling this internal resistance? Why do we feel like every time we take two steps forward, there's three steps back? And it's not because it's a you thing, it's because the change process that is unfolding is missing a link to it. And and when we break down change and there's a lot of academic literature around change and the complex process and managing that. And it really looks at the, these six variables and it's the leadership component. It's the vision around the change. It's the skills necessary for the change. It's the resources required for the change. It's the incentives to chase the change. And it's the strategy to enact the change and all the missing any one of those elements is going to lead you to feeling a certain type of way. You're, you're spot on. And something that just hit me uh, for leaders that, that may have staffs or they may actually have people that, uh, you know, they're, they're I, won't, I don't want to say in charge of, but they're, they're tasked with, with motivating. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it's important to recognize uh, and remember, you know, as we are, you know, part of a leader's job is to push change, is to is to instigate change and nudge and poke and 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 drive change. Like there's some leaders listening to this that they would view my role is to literally drive change in this organization, drive change in this team, push this group to change together and move forward. I think it's important to pause for a second and and, and remember what's the experience that these people are having as you're pushing them to change. You're you're disrupting their comfort zones. You're challenging their their perspectives. And and when you're on the you're sitting in the leadership chair, you can feel like, well, I'm entitled to do that. This is my job. This is my role. Uh, you know that that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a disruptor, right? And I think it, it's important for 
you know, transformational leaders and leaders who, who value people and are not transactional and just driving things to, to, to not overlook like the experience your people are having as you're disrupting and pushing and prodding and challenging and, and chasing change. Uh, and I, I believe, and I'm curious your thoughts, Marcus, but the leaders who can, you know, have some empathy, I guess, is what I'm getting at with the experience that the people are having as you're, you're pushing change instead of just bulldozing it through leaders who can have some empathy, I think have an opportunity to kind of win people over and help them jump into change a little bit easier. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no doubt. Leadership is, is fully, wholly about change. And as a leader, knowing that you're charged with leading change in your organization and yourself, in your community and society, whatever it may be, we we have the responsibility of being very in tune with those people that are going to be impacted by the change. Because at the end of the day, I think we could all agree that whatever team you're part of, whatever association you're with, like everybody to a man, to a woman would say, yes, I want to get better. Yes, I think that we could do a little bit better in serving the people we're trying to serve, touch the people we're trying to touch. But for whatever reason, those things aren't happening at a rate in which everyone is satisfied at or they're not happening at all. And from a leader standpoint, you really have to start appreciating what is going on, what's holding us back. And more times than not, it's going to be purely to the lack of leadership within that. So it's going to point back to you and say, hey, what am I doing as a leader? Am I leading them? Or what, am I shepherding them in a, a way that they can actually move forward? Or am I not? Am I, is, there, is the vacancy there? And I would say most time when there's no action happening, it's because there's no leadership happening. What a powerful paradigm shift there, because I think, you know, I, I've experienced a lot of um, young, maybe immature leaders, and I've certainly done this myself, um, where there's a frustration for a lack of change. There, you know, what's wrong? With, you know, why why aren't we getting this crew going? There, you know, and, and what what you're basically saying is, well, that comes right back to the leader. Like you're, the, the the strategy needs to be adjusted. There needs to be a, a deeper level of conversation. There need if you're frustrated that your people aren't changing and the organization's not changing, you're not making the progress. Uh, the the immature leader would say it's it's on the on, the onus is on the people who need to get changing. Uh, in a mature, experienced, transformation leader would say, well, I I need to adjust my my tactics here because I'm clearly not getting through. Like in your words, I'm not shepherding the group well enough to to initiate some of that. And I think that right there, uh, you know, if you're a young emerging leader and you're stuck at that, and I've certainly been there many times there's an opportunity to kind of reflect and reposition how you how you're driving change um in in your organization you know marcus as we continue to wrap up here i, I want to kind of leave you know i want to imagine for a second we're, we have a listener here who is in the middle of some some personal and professional change in their life there's uncertainty there's things that are that that are confusing that may be frustrating there, there's a this in-between space, you know, we, we talked about in the book that the term liminal space, which is this, this empty zone uh, of, of transition, uh, of passing from one season to the next, one chapter in your life to the next. And uh, what, what would be a couple of things that you would uh, say to a leader who's in a position like that? Uh, no doubt, uh, you know, I get emails and, and whatnot that we've got a, young, a group of young leaders who are facing that or will be facing that within the next three years. Hmm. Yeah, I would say... When you find yourself in the liminal space and you're starting to process all these emotions, 
the first thing you need to do is just give yourself the time to fully kind of vet them out and, and truly get a sense of what is the driving emotion. And then you touched on them, Justin, but we'll just kind of go through and recap and just give some people some things to think about. If it's confusion, if you're really feeling confused about the change that's happening in your life, I'm going to challenge you to go back and think about the vision that is attached to where you're going and see if there's a disconnect between the vision you have and the vision God has for you and spend some time to kind of get those two things to merge and assimilate. Because I, I promise you, once you start to see things more clearly, that confusion will vanish. If it's anxiety, which I think majority of the time it is anxiety, yep. and, and the reason why that is we feel like we're underskilled because these things are happening too fast. We look around us and now we're staring at a big pond and we don't have our floaties and we don't know if we can swim. We don't know if we're going to be able to hang out in that in those deep waters. And I'm just saying, if that is the case, give yourself an opportunity to kind of, what are those specific skills? Because again, we just kind of vaguely ruminate around not feeling adequate enough to do this. And we build up all this anxiety, but we've never taken the time to just say, well, what are the, the skills that I think I need to improve upon and give yourself the time to then start working on those skills because you'll acquire them over time, but you just got to identify those. And then that'll going to, that's going to cut the anxiety. Frustration. Frustration is another one that people will sense a lot. And I would say it's probably because you don't feel like you have the resources you need. You don't have the budget. You don't have the, the staff, the, the, the support. But just again, take the time and say, how could I start getting those resources in place to make me feel less frustrated about this journey I'm going to embark on? And I think those are the three things that most people are going to experience, especially young leaders, as we're getting just, you know, forced into some situations that we didn't necessarily ask for, or we weren't, didn't think we were ready for. And it all comes down to having that awareness to what exactly you're feeling, and then take that feeling and assign it to some actionable items that you can start working on to get you feeling more comfortable about this thing that is absolutely necessary to support your ongoing growth in nurturing to becoming the better leader that you were built designed to be. So good. And, and I would just, uh, you know, add as a, as a note on that, it, all the exercises you just described, you know, that's a six month journey there that, that you gotta have, you gotta walk it out. It's a left foot, right foot. And, and, uh, it, it takes time to, to unpack things like you just described and, and you can't just rush through that. And the, the biggest thing I would add is, um, to echo what you're saying is, this idea that we don't have to have all the answers as we go through a transitional time in life that, that, you know, we live life forward. We understand it backwards. There, there's some things in this transitional period that you may be in that you're just not going to understand fully until your years down the road and can look back and reflect. It can be frustrating to try to crack the code. And I got to understand this thing fully as I'm moving forward. We have to become comfortable with a little bit of an unknown, you know, a little bit of a, let's just see how this develops. I'm going to do everything I can do. I'm going to control what I can control, but there's some, there's some elements here as we go through change that I'm going to have to react to as, as we go. And, and it leads me kind of to, to Psalm 23. And I, I think that would be an exercise that you could add if you're in, in that little space is, is just continuing to, to reinforce the hard wiring of trust. Like, do you trust you're being led? Uh, you know, Marcus, we were chatting, you know, the other day and you're talking a scripture about, you know, a door, 
a door that, that can't be closed and, and, and you, you have to trust that, that you're walking through uh, those opportunities and that God is ahead of you. And, and he's that, that we're not on our own in this journey. We're not on our own to navigate. And, and I think that's an important thing. Anything else, Marcus, before we wrap up? say just continue to embrace the change and that brace embracing of the change is an experience in itself and just understand that these are just experiences these are life experiences that are compounding and over and then that compounding you're becoming something pretty special and that's really all it's about is like have the inspire, have the experience all of it the good, the bad, the ugly, the processing, just have it. And, and you'll be, you'll be, you'll be glad you did. So good. Everything you're experiencing in that change is, is a part of your transformation journey. And that, that's, that, that's what I hear you say there. And I couldn't agree more. And, and I think we have, we've got to lean in to these experiences so that we can be transformed and, and grow and continue to get better and better at what we do. Uh, well, thanks for joining us for this episode. We'll be back next week as we continue to, to go through the state of the course principles of leaders who last. And uh, if there's anything we can do to help or assist you, feel free to drop us a note, jbrown at stayofthecourseleaders.com. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Of course. Okay.